This is uh, Rob White, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 14 uh, of the Red Ass Podcast. Yeah, this is Roy May. I'm here with Rob. Barely. I barely made it in. From the Red Ass Podcast, and we are on the Garrett Smith Podcast, and we're ready to rock and roll and have a good time. All right. Well, howdy, everyone. As you just heard, we have the guys from the Red Ass Podcast here today, and uh, I've been looking forward to this one for a while because it's... Y'all, y'all hit on a lot of topics that I'm thinking about, but don't really ever hear discussed on podcasts or don't really jump into. And for any anyone that went to A&M that wants to listen to their podcast, or if you didn't go to A&M and you, know, you want to hear about a better school, just uh, jump on there and uh, listen to some good stories from some good ags. And I will tell you right up front, they are very good about not being political on their podcast. We were just talking off air about that while we were airing our political thoughts off the air. Um, it's a very respectful podcast, very funny, and I've enjoyed listening to its first few episodes. Although I will say, I realize there is one I haven't heard, and y'all had Billy Lucci on there this past week. So I'm definitely have to dive in and listen to that. But, yeah, that was our latest one. That was, uh, i tell you what, that was a lot of fun because uh, it, we were kind of going to do like a half hour of Luch, and then we were going to do a half hour talk about sports coming back, and we... Um, he gave us the abridged version of kind of the origin of Tex Hex, and that took about 48 minutes. Um, so, uh, uh, so we, you know, we talked a little bit about sports on the, on the, you know, back half of 10, 15 minutes, but, uh, it's, I tell you what, it's a fascinating story. And I know he's told probably the story of the origins of Tex Hex in one capacity or another, a lot of different places. But, uh, I, he told me stuff that I'd never heard, you know, and I've, I've been on Tex Hex since 2005. Um, and you know, well, I've had an account on TexX since 2005. I always, always lurked before that. But, um, but yeah, you know, you get a chance. It, it's really neat just to kind of hear how I really started with him. You know, while he was still in college and kind of moving forward and, and purchasing the company. It's a pretty good one if if you're into that kind of stuff. If you're not, then just avoid it like the plague. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of avoid the forums a lot of the time, but I, I, def, I definitely follow them for news updates and things of that nature. So it's, I'm going to have to check that out because love to hear how yeah, they let got me clarify. I'll clarify. When I say uh, I'm on TexAgs, I mean uh, the premium board and the military board mm-hmm. and uh, the Aggieland board. It's just a, it's, it's actually a really good source of info for what's going on here around town. Um, I do not go to the politics forum. <laughs> nope, uh, not at all. I, I, I do go. Well, and I do go to the zoo. I started in the zoo, so I'll go to the zoo too. So like old robberies, oh, yeah. Aggie Land, the military just because it kind of mm-hmm. core stuff, premium in the zoo. And outside of that, if I'm going to oh the outdoor board every once in a while, I just get some of their threads are just epic. I would so get on there in high school for the old rivalries, especially because growing up an hour and a half north of Lubbock, I'd get on there and just troll everybody I went to high school with. <laughs> but, because for some reason they were on Texags. I never could figure that out. But uh, yeah, so you guys, you started this podcast. And one thing I'll tell the listeners here is that uh, all three of us who are here right now kind of had unconventional ways of getting to A&M. It was, you know, Rob, you didn't really grow up with A&M. Roy, you did. Nope. And you went the a non-traditional route. And for me, I went grad school. It was a&M was my dream school. There's pictures of me in baby attire watching us play Nebraska, you know, a little baby onesie, but uh, they didn't offer my major. So I was like, well, I'm not going to spend that much money to not get the major I need. So I just went to UMHB and then as soon as grad school opened up, that's where I went. And that's actually how I met you guys. So I met uh, Roy working with the Five for Yale campaign back in like 14 or 15. I don't even remember which campaign that was. Uh, but it was actually I did 13, 14. I don't even know. Once upon a time. <laughs> and, I, just uh, know, I just know. I just know at one point I was a yell leader. I, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Everything's starting to kind of jumble together these days. <laughs> yeah, with quarantine, I don't even know what day of the week it is. And it's, you know, I thought that would go after way after a month, but it hasn't. But then I met Rob. Um, I was over at one of the grad student parties and uh, uh, our friend Kristen was like, hey, I think Rob's almost here. I was like, cool, I'll show him how to park. And I was like, I don't know who Rob is. And I walk out and this car pulls in. He's like, hey, am I at the right place? I'm like, well, if you're Rob, you are. So and then. Hit it off ever since then. Almost got kicked out of Minute Maid together, and it's been it's been great. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bubble. Uh, bubble gate, as we still like to call it. <laughs> hey, whatever gets us on TV. Um, mm-hmm. But you guys are rolling out some good stuff with the podcast. Tell us about like the shirts and things of that nature. Yeah, that was kind of Roy's idea to get it started, but he was um, talking about doing some t-shirts and things a little while back, and we were playing around with some ideas for the actual podcast name. Uh, We bounced around a little bit. We didn't see one that was called just a specifically red-ass podcast, and then we ended up rolling with that and making some shirts for it. And He played around with a lot of um, designs, kind of TV references, trying to do some things that are also A&M referenced. Um, I know we've put out a handful of ones already. We have an office shirt. Um, we have um, one that's referring to, you know, if you've ever been to Blocker, you know that it tends to flood. So <laughs> there's, there's a nice little poke at that. And of course, yeah, what's complete with this particular line, but a set of running shorts with a big red ass on the ass so you know i would say we're probably uh, off to a good start with those i don't yeah, run we, but uh, i need those uh yeah no they're comfy we're actually going to run out uh, another uh kind of uh different model of shorts so just be like the the cotton what are they the softy or sophie or s-o-f-f-e whatever those are mm-hmm. um but we'll yeah we'll, we'll run those out but uh well yeah i'm not a runner either dude um, like the army tells me I have to run twice a year and I fight it, um, which is weird cause I used to love to run, but, um, that was like 44 pounds ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, right now there's not much in the store. Um, the way the store works, I don't, we kind of touched on this but in case anybody's actually listening, if anyone's out there, um, uh, so the store runs on two week intervals. So if you order, um, basically once that interval runs, they do all the orders they give them to me and I get them in the mail. Um, so like if you happen to, order right at the beginning it might be three weeks before you get what you order but we'll be adding more shirts we've got a list of um like a, a list of slogans that we were screwing around with um so there, there'll be more in the store but they're all kind of kind of comfortish colors but uh uh they're real soft um we, we went with a little bit of higher grade t-shirts so they're they're really comfy that's awesome i'm definitely have to check that out too because I don't know. The, the shorts are cracking me up. I've definitely got to get a pair of those. Um, one thing that Rob and I recently talked about, speaking of uh, items that you want to obtain, is the Aggie wish list. And I think what I don't know what picture Rob you shared, but it was something to do with maroon end zones. And I was like, if you could pick like three or four, just we don't need them, but would be cool to have things at A and M. What would it be? Man, I'll tell you what. At least to get it started. Um, referring to those maroon end zones they actually ran that first the spring game uh not obviously this spring but last spring they ran maroon end zones and it's it such a tease in. it looks so good <laughs> it's such a tease to run it for the, just for the spring game really yeah they looked awesome and i was like man, we need to get maroon end zones you know like it's we got the budget we got money mm-hmm Spend a little bit on maroon paint. There's not nearly enough maroon on that field. We've been doing white lettering for years. Let's let's add a little maroon in there. That'd be at least you know the first thing. Uh, secondly, I would say 
man, I tell you what, I really want. I want to get Texas Aggies back on the Aggie baseball uniforms. Yeah. You know, kind of that 80s style that we were doing the 80s and the 90s for all of you Aggies that grew up oh, with so you that. Want the, you want the script and the sleeveless jerseys. You're talking like old school Rocky stuff. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> you bet. I mean, just Texas Aggies cool script look. on those. I mean, it was a great look. There was no bevel. It looked awesome. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I would say kill the bevel, but that, that gets worked <laughs> into that a little bit. Uh, I would say if I'm going to give one yeah, more thing. Dude, the, the, don't talk about the bevel. That's like borderline getting into political discussion. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm pro bevel, keeping my mouth shut over here. <laughs> oh boy, I just with its I, proper. I'm, use. I'm not having that conversation either. You, you, you <laughs> might get you might get a political discussion out of me before you get a bevel argument. <laughs> I'm not playing that game, dude. Non Aggies listening are like, what the you, heck are they man, talking about? Man, you, okay. think, you think I lost followers for suggesting stuff about the statue? Open up about the bevel. All of like 30 people following me on Twitter. Okay, uh, but we will we will t- I'll, we'll I'll, table that. I'll leave that one for an Adam Drake episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll table that because Lord knows he's pro. Anyway, uh, but then if I had to give myself one more thing, so with this Aggie Park renovation they're about to do, there's one thing I really want in that park. I want a big musical stage in that park. Oh, yeah. Because how cool would that be on game day where you are scheduling various different, you know, either local bands, bigger bands, and just have that going on in the park before the game. That's free entertainment. Yeah. I'd love it. I mean, come on. How cool would that be? Who was it? The Mugdown or whatever? They had like the Lazy River going around it at one point. Uh, that'd be great. Like, I, mean, like a, I thought he was I thought he was about to say Lazy River. I'm not going to lie. I'd be down for that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Yeah, it's weird. Like, you talk about maroon end zones. I want Texas Aggies in the end zones. Yes, sir. That'd be cool. And just big block lettering. It's pretty simple. For baseball, I want Aggie Alley back. Mm. Yeah. I would love some outfield seats, you know, like left center, right center around the big kind of green monsterish thing we have out there. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's, you know, I'll just stay in the same vein of those three things that you brought up. So in the park that's coming up, I want them to really think hard about putting a pond in there considering how mosquitoes work in the state of Texas. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously think about it from about mid June until really probably what, middle of october. october yeah you're gonna be tailgating and i mean i will i like you know if you can crawl inside the mind of a mosquito i would think that's a pretty target rich environment if i get forty thousand people hanging out yeah true that so may, may, maybe think twice about that either that or make it some sort of like super chlorinated you know almost like like a pool water type thing but then yeah, then you gotta, yeah, then you got to talk about maintenance, all this other crazy. Just what is the capacity at, at Olson now? I haven't even. Eh, it's about I think maxed out. We've had about seventy five hundred. Okay. Uh, and yeah, that's down from where it used to be back in the eighties when you would let people sit in the yeah. outfield actively and they yeah. would literally shut down the railroad tracks because people were parked on them. You know, I love how my my graduate institution's baseball stadium seats what my undergrad's football stadium seats. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, it, it seems wrong. I just looked uh, uh, looked it up. It seems wrong. It says sixty one hundred. Right, it's sixty one hundred, but that's just the seats. That doesn't uh, count yeah. the lawn area and standing room. Which, only. oh yeah, you know what I want? I want to get rid of the lawns. I'm down with that. <laughs> yep. 
Seriously, put seating over there. Yeah. I mean, they've actually okay. talked, I mean, you know, kind of staying on that same topic, they've actually released some renderings where they've talked about putting in some seating, uh, just, basically just, eliminating the berms. Just put in bleachers, man. Seriously, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to create just extended lower seating, and then there's an option for this kind of bowl. I'll send y'all pictures of it, and I'll I'll be sure to post pictures um, to the podcast, Twitter, uh, but it kind of highlights some different ideas, like a bullpen that's underneath uh, in the outfield. There's some kind of underneath seating. It looks like a really cool idea. Hey, but, at least, at least we're not build, building a end zone that looks like body parts in our football stadium. Yeah, well, <laughs> well they, they could build seating over the bullpen, you know, like you see in the major league parks that's already existing. Yeah, that's about, talking pretty, about. Pretty, Yeah, pretty simple addition. Uh, yeah, I just looked it up. The record um, was the SIP game in 2018, a little over yep. 7,500. That was, that was the awesome. that was the Homer game, right? Where we uh, No, the, that was, was um that was the that was the it was that was sixteen. Oh, okay. Was yeah. the Homer game. Now eighteen, that was just that was just a standard win. Boys took care of business. Yeah. That home run game, man, I twenty sixteen, I I just remember I was already on blood pressure medication. I almost had to go back and take an extra <laughs> dose when I was like, This is not healthy for me to listen to. I didn't have any video feed either. I was I was watching stat updates and had like Dave South telling me what happened two seconds after. Oh, like, people oh. were getting ready to fight. It was awesome. <laughs> Holy cow. I was so excited. Texas fans who'd been quiet the entire game. Yeah. They tied up in the top of the night. Now they're starting to chat, and then we walk it off, and there were everybody's at each other's throats. It was great. That's why when people say, the rivalry's dead, I'm like, you just don't pay attention to the right stuff. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think well, my the, wish the list is... The football rivalry is dead. Yeah. I, and yet, well, and yet more heated. Now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's no, it's like it's it's in a coma. Yeah, like, eventually this miraculous Hallmark movie storyline <laughs> it'll come out of the coma and and you know and it will save Christmas or some shit like that. I re- I relate that football rivalry to Guns and Roses. People always said there's too much money for Axel and Slash not to play again, and for 20 years the ego was like, no, we're not doing it, and then they're playing together. So. Yeah, it'll happen. It's just who knows when. I think my wish list is kind of petty, but I I want more old Sarge imagery back in our marketing. I know that's probably oh, more yeah. of a core thing, but I'm like it. It was a part of A and M's heart, you know. Like as stupid as that may sound, I've always been like, okay, I grew up when I was a little kid. I had a little old Sarge stuffed animal. I had like the T-shirt. My oh, yeah. my dad has the old like trash can, the little aluminum trash can. It has him marching mm-hmm. with the T behind him. I was like. There's no reason I had to go. You know, they could still mark that. I would have a location in College Station or Bryan, just somewhere close where Student Bonfire puts their stack. Because I know that's not a school thing, but I'm like, I did not like having to drive out all the way almost to Hearn and then wonder if my truck was going to get stuck in the mud. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd go to all those. I'm just like, this is not logistically a good spot. One year I had to like sneak in because they were at capacity. So I, I don't know. I think like a more local place that's more community involved with that um maybe something like off the of rock prairie or something out there yeah like yeah, some of those farms right there right where you get to tower point coming from the south side yeah right that'd be awesome it'd be easier to navigate and when i win the mega millions lotto i'll maybe build one for them i don't know so my third one it always ranges i kind of rotate out what my third thing would be but better park better parking at northgate might be one but i don't know i would eliminate yeah. paid parking over a city center but that's mm, my thought or yeah. whatever they call it over there I don't know. My so mind is going to your stage at University Park. I'm like that. There's a lot of opportunity there because I, I was looking at what it would take to pull in a trailer stage and maybe get some bands to play at a big tailgate. Maybe get some Texas artists do some sort of fundraiser. 
And the the rules for live music are pretty stingy and more than I thought they would be with AM. And um I look Baylor doesn't even allow live bands at their tailgates and you know, Texas. Like, you dance on that campus either. <laughs> I was, yeah, was going to say, are they even having school dances yet? I went to the opening game at McLean Stadium, and they had like a little island that was bridged off where you could have alcohol, but it was kind of like a quarantined island of drinkers. It was like where all the so, where all that, the heathens go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they all were playing SMU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, you actually have to say a prayer to come back across the bridge. <laughs> Get baptized in the Brazos first. <laughs> you know, uh, no, thanks. I'll just go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I got one more thing, actually. Um, and and I don't know. This is really just kind of open-ended. But, you know, you have the polo fields, you know, with Bonfire Memorial, but then you have just kind of all the way to Texas Avenue. That's a, that's a ton of room that we're just not using. Mm-hmm. And, like, the entire polo field grounds aren't the memorial. Right. You know, that, that's, I mean, that's just, that's a lot of grass that we can be using for anything, now, even intramural fields or just anything. So I'm, I'm surprised that, that that has remained untouched mm-hmm. for so long. Um, I mean, cause gosh, it's been, you know, 20 years since Bonfire's yeah. been on campus. Yeah. And I don't so, know how much of that is an aesthetics thing or, I mean, I do love the view of the campus coming in, but yeah, that is a lot of open space. Well, the view of the campus is really right down the street though. I mean, yeah. cause you got the golf course on the left as you're looking at it. So, I mean, I just, I don't know if there's stuff that, that could go out there, but I don't know why there wouldn't be. And I've always wondered what they're going to do with, you know, out towards like research park and past where the new uh, agriculture service building is. I'm kind of like, there's a lot of room out there. Now, granted, yep. every time I come back for a game, there's a new building somewhere out there. So they are filling it. But I just wonder how many years it is before that whole area is just filled up with stuff because it'll happen. I probably guess like 15 years and yep. you'll have maybe another dozen buildings out there. Yeah. And what you're going to see out there probably more so is uh, like research type facilities because I think there's, um, you know, an obvious need to, to keep the the highly academic buildings, you know, the ones that are really majority classroom, you know, keep it a little bit more centrally located as opposed to, I mean, what if you have a class in coldest and then you have a class, mm-hmm. you know, a, a half mile past Reed? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's, um, but I, I could see like research stuff going over there and then over by the library, what they're bringing in, uh, um, they're building a hangar for uh, what Marine One and that train, right? Forty One oh, engine. Wow. Right. Like, yeah, those will eventually go on permanent display over there. So that's, that's a lot awesome. of room, but that's probably really all that grass out in front of it. Yeah. Um, maybe kind of where they do the, you know, all the stuff for July Fourth. So. Well, Roy, you almost got censored just now because I just realized my my cussing bleeper from a previous podcast host was still programmed in, and it was timed at a certain point. So we almost bleeped you talking about West Campus for no apparent reason. That would have been great. Oh, very well, <laughs> well, well, for people that yeah, well, if I mean if you're not ag vet or business, right. West Campus is a bad word. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw like the there was like a somebody shared a cultural map of A and M one time. It was like. The core, West Campus, the middle. It was like every little engineering, everything was blocked off. Um, but what's was, what was funny is like when I was there through grad school, it was always like that was kind of the joke. But at the same time, I mean, all, so many different groups and walks came together for so many different things. That's one thing I loved about A&M that I haven't seen it. You know, being somebody that works in higher ed, I haven't, I haven't seen the same amount of unity between social cliques or groups at any other school that I've seen at A&M. And that's a no-brainer because it's A&M, but... The fact that it's 2020 and it's still that way after all these years. I mean, love that. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of how things look and come across, college football this fall, I know Dr. Fauci this past week was saying probably not likely for anyone to play football without everybody getting infected. Vaccine may not be around till January. I don't know, because maybe not on the college level, but I think on the pro level, there's too much money going in not to have some sort of form of football whether it's no fans in the stands like NASCAR's doing. I don't know. What do y'all think? There's too much money at the college level. Yeah. That's why you're seeing, um, you know, programs, not necessarily football per se, but just kind of programs in general are having to just shut down sports. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a massive money drive in it, and we all know it. I mean, this, this is amateur athletics as long as you're doing the quote, you know, quotes in the air with your fingers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a massive driver, and these universities rely a ton on it because – the, you know, it's it's not the football program, and it's not like you're going to have less chemistry classes if you only get two home games as opposed to seven. Right. Now, what it is is literally all the other sports that depend on football to maintain, you know, the athletic department staying in the black as opposed to going into the red. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just but at the same time, like, dude, you get a different message every two, three weeks about what's happening, what's going on in projections. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody knows. I think football ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because even without ticket sales, you know, even if you don't get the gate, those TV contracts are still incredibly lucrative, man. You know, what oh, no 40, yeah. 43 mil from the, from the SEC network. Isn't that right? Something like that? Something. SEC. SEC. It's just, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. insane. <laughs> well, and even the crappier networks, like they're still paying money, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, they're not paying as much as the SEC, but you know, I'm sure the big 10, their, their splits gotta be pretty big. The big 10s of I mean, big time box and uh, ESPN is good stuff. So. Well, yeah, so you, so you got to have the sports fans or not to fulfill, mm-hmm. you know, that's really the TV contracts. Yeah, you know, the, and you want to talk about TV contracts? I'll go on a quick, real quick sidebar. If Major League Baseball really gave a shit about growing their sport, they wouldn't be continuing the blackout rules mm-hmm. now that people can't go to games. Absolutely, yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly why major, like baseball as a whole is dying. Mm-hmm. Man, nobody cares about Major League Baseball anymore. Yeah, and the people that are on the fence when stuff like this happens, they're like, "All right, you know what? Fine, screw it. I'm done. I'm yeah. done." My initial concern was, okay, let's say students are back, or they're doing the hybrid half and half model. From from a higher ed standpoint, and given that my job depends on keeping students involved, and based on what I've seen that keeps the camaraderie going at A and M specifically, my my concern is, okay, let's say some students are back. They let a certain amount of people in the stadium. Like, I think it was 50% capacity at one point. A, let the students have first priority because, let's be honest, in the state of Texas at least, and generally through in the South, and I will even give this to the Big Ten, football is a huge part of the tradition of your school. I don't care how many people say that your school isn't about football. It's their enrollment numbers will even indicate it. If you have a freshman class that has zero exposure to what fall at A&M is like, seniors graduate out, out, suddenly you have a junior class that only had two years, a sophomore class with one year under the belt, freshmen don't know anything. I mean, it's like you actually have a very limited chunk of students just from one fall that get all the traditions from a fall semester. And it's, I mean, A&M can pull through. I don't know how many other schools can pull through with traditions because... Nobody's got traditions like AM does, but there are some schools with traditions. I think a lot of those can fall through. Well, because you go to other schools, and, you know, obviously, a tradition is we may as well have it all tattooed on our ass. Just, <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, as much as we use it, it's true. It, I mean, it's it's because we, we use the phrase tradition so much because we have so many of them. And so, you know, a lot of them are 
football related, a lot of them are sports related, a lot of them are school related, right? Mm-hmm. So we have we kind of have traditions. You can't you can't you know walk six feet on campus without seeing something that has a story behind it. Right. But a lot of other schools who aren't maybe like the University of Alabama. All right. Think about all the traditions that go into being a football fan and football season in Alabama. Tell me one tradition about Alabama that doesn't involve the football program. Seriously. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Sure. I mean, gymnastics is okay. <laughs> Boy, yeah, okay actually, actually, yeah, their gymnastics is an absolute powerhouse. <laughs> um, oh, they, you know what? Ooh, that's what I want at A&M. I want a, gym, I want a women's gymnastics team. Yeah, a gymnastics team. team would be great. We don't have one? Wow. No. No. No, we have a club it, one. Yeah, we have a club. Oh, okay. Right. Wow. I want it to be Division One because the SEC and gymnastics, it's like the SEC and Oklahoma are kind of the gymnastics, and we're... 90 minutes from Houston, which is literally almost the birthplace of gymnastics yeah. in the United States. Simone Biles, you know, Houston. Oh, yeah. Bella, Bella Caroli's gym down there. You know, I grew up, you know, during the Mary Lou Retton days. Um, I used to run, like, you ran into her after she was, you know, years after the Olympics. She still lives down there. Yeah. You know, gymnastics is huge. And so I, I'd love to see it because I think it'd be another sport that we'd be just really good at. Yeah. Well, and like, it's an easy pool because a lot of the girls that actually do go to a lot of SEC schools and Oklahoma come from Texas. Yeah. Easy they come draw. From Houston. They pretty much yeah. come from Houston. <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah. out of half. Bring them on hey, up. You, you, you already be there in a great competition market. You know, you got to do Title Nine. So what? You got to add a, you got to add a men's sport, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as I'd love to add um, hockey, the reality is geographically you just can't do that because the the amount of money it would require for the university to pay for a Division One level hockey program when the closest hockey program to us is not exactly Louisiana, mm-hmm. and so you figure men's soccer, but it, it's still it's not in the SEC. So you've got to find something that's moderately regional that they can play, and. So then you're like, crap, mm-hmm. what? So I don't know, man. Well, it's funny. It's I, I'm, actually, I'm actually going to – I know what my third uh, wish would gymnastics be. gymnastics because the squads are smaller. True. You can maybe pull that off money-wise. Yeah. I think my third on the wish list would actually be hockey because I – I mean, five bucks, my wife and I would go to countless A&M hockey games when we were there. It's yeah, so it, much fun. Oh, I loved them. Now, if they, it was, unless they were playing Texas, you know, it wouldn't be a huge crowd, but – I loved my, my one of my favorite memories of that whole thing was uh, when we played TU. Lofton was at the game. Some of the yell eaters were at the game. Um, I was I was one of the guys that did the chair race at halftime on the ice. Uh, I think it was against uh, Patrick McGinty and it may have been against Chris Powell. I think was the other one that we were racing <laughs> no, against. <Chris. laughs> yeah, they beat the snot out of us. But uh, and through them is actually how I met Roy. So that's kind of how funny how that came full circle. But uh, I just remember like the. Media was there. People drove in from Austin. It was huge. And so when we moved to Temple this past year, uh, one of the first things we did to reunite with some of our A&M friends is we actually went to Austin and watched uh, the hockey game in Austin. With the hockey game. Yeah, it was it was a yeah. fun, fun it, time. It, I mean, personally, yeah, I, hockey would be my decision, but I'm also speaking from a realistic oh, you yeah. know, point of view. Like, Because if you go to Division One, you're not going to keep playing Texas because they don't right. have a Division One team. Right. So it's either gymnastics just because the squad would be smaller and it'd probably be easier to afford, mm-hmm. or you could do lacrosse. You could. Yeah. I love, I'm a huge lax fan. Love lacrosse. Huh. I, the two times I tried to go to an A&M game with lacrosse, something came through and I didn't get to go. But, you know, I guess if hockey left Texas to go to greener pastures, it wouldn't be the first time we've left them to (laughs) expand our horizons. Right. Um, (laughs) So, uh, based on collective experiences with all the different sports, one thing I've wondered before we got to do this podcast is, 
given that we've we are all what I would consider well traveled Aggies when it comes to road games and uh, different sports and things of that nature. And I'm just kind of wondering, what are some of y'all's favorite and least favorite sports environments you've been in, whether it's for college or pro, but primarily for A and M. You want to go first, Rob, or you want me to go? Oh man, uh, let's do so- let's do least favorite first. Least favorite environments. Okay, so I know this one's near and dear to your heart. Garrett, I already know where so it's I'm going. So sorry. <laughs> uh, 2011. This is easily my least favorite road game I've ever had in my life. I went up to uh, my sophomore year. We played Texas Tech in Lubbock for the last time, and that was an absolute <laughs> show. Awful. <laughs> I mean, I guess you know I've I've heard stories mm-hmm. about the Texas Tech games. People throwing things. You know the old, the old um, when they pulled down the uh, uprights and started running them up into the section. Into the, yeah. I was at that game. I was uh. at that game. It was terrible. But so we go in there. This is you know, the last game. You know, they vandalized the team buses with stink bait. You know, they did a bunch of stuff. Um, to kind of give you perspective on where we were sitting, it was me, two guys, the rail, and the edge of the student section. I'm about four rows back from the band. Ooh. So, I mean, well within earshot. And there was a guy who just picked me out. And apparently I was going to be his bitch for the game. He was like, I'm going to keep yelling at this guy. And so what kept happening was every time we would score, because we, we took the lead and we never relinquished it. I would just kind of look over him and clap along to um, hot time and just sing hot time to him every time we would score. As the game was wrapping up, uh, as they started to file out, I mean, there were fights, you know, there were people that were, pointing out Aggies in the student section, yell, get him out, get him mm-hmm. out, or whatever. You know, I get it. It's it's college football. People get wild. I think the peak of that particular game was there was a guy who drunkenly took his lid off his drink and poured it on a poor girl in the band. At which wow. point, a Texas Ranger came running down <laughs> the section, tapped yeah. the dude on the shoulder, made him turn around and said, you're out of here. And he says, F you, pig. Now, <laughs> here's the problem. You don't say that to a Texas Ranger. No. This Texas Ranger grabbed this guy and rode him down six rows, broke his nose, cuffed him, and was walking him back out. <laughs> and his little drunk girlfriend was like, he didn't mean it. It was just like, oh, God. <sighs> so, anyway, by the end of that game, uh, they started rolling everybody out. We did our little you know, we celebrated at the end of the game. They said, hey, you guys hang out here for about 15 minutes because our entire section was surrounded by officers, rangers at this point. And I asked what the guy said, why are we hanging out? They said, oh, there's a crowd of about a thousand Texas Tech students just ready to pounce Ooh. on the outside of the gate. We're trying to disperse them. So that was probably my least. I mean, it was a great, like, intense environment, you know, especially if you're being for the last game. Um I would say that was probably my least favorite experience, but mm-hmm. it was still cool to be a part of that. I would say probably my favorite um, environment that I've been to uh, other than that, I would say probably the box for LSU baseball. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I have not been there yet. I would love oh, to go to Oh, my game. God. You want to talk about it's an engaged fan base that absolutely loves the sport. You've been to Starkville? And they will talk about it with you. What's up? Have you been to Starkville? I have not been to Starkville okay, yet. I was going to say, go. like, wow, the box is better. Because I feel like Starkville's maybe better than the box. More tradition in the box, but, like, Starkville is, that place is turned into 
so so Starkville is a very nice looking ballpark. Yeah. Um, generally, from what I've heard from people who've been to the games, one versus the other, it's more social hour over at Starkville because you're grilling in the outfield. Everyone's just kind of hanging out, doing their thing. Oh, hey, cool, we scored. All right, now let's get back talking about what we've been talking about. We speak my language. It's a family thing, you know. You know, with Aggie baseball, there's it's always been hey, there's about you know. 1,500, 2,000 students up in the section that are going to be engaged the whole time, whereas virtually every other place, it's not really that concentrated. Yeah, It's more spread out. It's definitely more social time. But uh, absolutely loved the box. Fantastic fans. And it was great seeing us pull out a series win there. Yeah. That was very cool when we were not expecting to do so. <laughs> so great experiences for uh, for them tips tip the cap to the LSU folks bucket list place like where you want to go next well he mentioned it I really do want to go to the dude uh, for uh, for Mississippi State baseball it looks really really nice um, if I actually had to pick a college football environment and I might be cheating here but if I had to pick a college football environment I really want to go to Wisconsin oh wow oh yeah yeah Madison. I want to go up to I want to go rough. to uh, <laughs> Camp Randall because everything I've seen from the videos, I mean they're intense. They're very, very much into the game like mm-hmm. like the twelfth man is. Wear red. And just generally a great fan base and a good football team. So I really hope if uh Ross hears this, I doubt he will, but Ross, schedule a home and home sometime, Ooh, yeah. please. I want to go to Wisconsin so bad. I will tell you, I went to Wisconsin Whitewater for the UMHB playoff up there back in like oh yeah. seven. Their fans made tech look like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It was so yeah. vulgar. It was bad. Yeah, I, nice. I, I'll piggyback off what you said now. I think uh, one of the worst environments I ever went in was Texas Tech in 03 as an A&M fan because we lost by like 30 that night. and it, The game didn't kick off till 9 p.m., but I, I've noticed, and this is going to sound like a diss on tech, but whatever, the higher their admission standard goes, the better the fans are, and there's still improvement to be made, but... I was like, when I worked for them as a recruiter, I, what I realized is there's a lot of parallels you can draw between that school and A&M, no matter how bad, oh, no neither school wants to admit it. But to me, Texas Tech is like your best friend that is an absolute nightmare belligerent when they're drunk, <laughs> and you fight, and then you're you're cool the next day. Whereas I, I thought they were the roughest environment until I went to a game in Austin, the last time we ever played in Austin. And I had been told, hey... Yeah, it's a big rivalry, but they're actually pretty similar to A&M fans. They're friendly, whatever. I was like, okay, cool. They were not. <laughs> they a no, lot a lot of them were before the game started. The moment we scored first and took the lead, that mood just went bad. I mean, little kids ran up and bit my friend in the arm, and his, their parents were letting them. Ooh. I mean, he's like, I've had more f bombs showered on me in that one night that I think my sweetest memory of an A&M victory in person was actually that night. Just walking through Austin, everyone singing the war hymn. We had no idea what was going to happen to us the next year. It was just a savor the moment kind of thing. And so that, I don't My best worst road memory was probably that one. Baylor was, was a nightmare. Cold. but That was a cold game too. It was, oh, I didn't dress properly. I wasn't wearing a jacket. I froze. But it's, you know, one thing I've, I've mentioned before is I, I've got a, stadium bucket list. I want to go to all 12 FBS stadiums in Texas. And I've yep. only got about four left to knock out. I've got a UTSA and the three DFW schools left. And uh, my goal has been to figure out based on their kickoff times, if I can knock out a half at each DFW stadium and get them done in a day. Um, there you go. 
obviously, and you know, I try to look at them with no bias. I would say my best experience, view, food, all that kind of stuff. Like A and M's got the best atmosphere. I'm not saying that because I'm an Aggie. I'm an Aggie because I like the atmosphere. Um, but from a view and the actual stadium itself, UTEP had the best. Uh, say, yeah, it's got to be. UTEP. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great, beautiful. Stadium. I did it the wrong was way. Was that the Sun Bowl out there? The yeah, Bay Sun Bowl. it was yeah. some. There was our homecoming game. They were so bad that nobody even went into the stadium. They just tailgated the whole time. And so I shimmied up the hill, not knowing this is illegal at that point. And yeah. I climb up and I'm up on the mountain. So I'm looking down on the stadium and I look up and you can just see the sun going down over Mexico. It was beautiful until they made an announcement to get off the field. And I didn't even try going back to the gate. I just got in my truck and left at halftime. But um, <laughs> I would definitely say if I could go back to a stadium, Sun Bowl would be it. And that, yeah. I, Texas Tech, you mentioned earlier, it's kind of a soft spot. Um if you're if you're wearing red and they're playing like Texas or Oklahoma or somebody and you're just casually watching a tech game, one of the most fun ones. But I'm kind of with you on the uh, what it's like for someone in maroon because I've been I've been to about three of them there too that way. Not fun, Roy. You've probably yeah. seen more territory than all of us. Yeah, well, I'm actually not as traveled as you'd think. Um, when it, I've, well, not like in the state of Texas. So I'll go ahead. Uh, I have never been to an A&M game in Austin. Uh, I refuse to go to the city of Austin. I have not been, um, I'm not kidding. I have not been to Austin. Uh, let's see, when did I go? I went because my aunt, she worked on the Hill and they had like a congressional resolution like passed for me, like an honor of why or whatever. Um, so I went for that and that was like 2015. And before that I went in 98 and, uh, and that's about it. No, I, re- I refuse. I'm not kidding. I refuse to go to Austin. It's That's amazing. Um, yeah. I hear there's great barbecue. I hope, I hope you all enjoy it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I won't go. Again, I can't. No, just everything about the sips makes me want to just actually throw up and, and throw furniture. Um, uh, I haven't been to a game in Lubbock just because like it's like the Oregon Trail getting all the way up there. It man. really is. It's a minute. <laughs> it really is. And so... Uh, so, but like, so my least favorite probably experience, I have two of them. One was for the place. Well, yeah, one was for the place and one was for the people. Well, actually the first one's both. So Baton Rouge, <laughs> oh, Baton yeah. Rouge, hands yeah. down. Um, and this includes the fact that we went to South Carolina and we had kids trying to get into a fight with one of our yell leaders, like actual fist fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Baton Rouge game, um, my junior year nice. was when it was like cold, rainy. We wore those god awful gray oh, uniforms. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. It looked purple. And so like it, it was dude, it was so cold and miserable. My wife and her friend were there. her friend, like she was basically numb from the knees down because it was so cold. Like they left the game early. Hey, we had fans like um you know, obviously fans yelling at us because we're right there by the um you know, by the right by the wall, but then on top of that, like yelling like profanities and obscenities at my wife and like hey man it, it got real close to there being a four yell leaders for the rest of the year because <laughs> man you could you yell at me all you want to man but uh so yeah it, like that was a bad experience in general you know just the yeah. weather sucked the football sucked the people were ridiculous a couple of tailgates were cool um sure. like we, we were walking around and, and some of the uh, lsu tailgates like they wanted us to come over and but we were in our whites and everything and uh but yeah, that was just miserable. Um, Starkville would probably be close just because the cowbells. Oh, um, awful! And, oh, and terrible. that was that was when we wore the god awful white uniforms. <laughs> yeah, I've had some awesome experience with the crap football. Um, 
And then my other least favorite, uh, which really had to do with the fan base. I went to the Sugar Bowl when we played uh, Ohio State that year after uh, oh, yeah. K-State, the Big 12. Oh, wow. And, uh, and it was just, it, the game wasn't competitive. It just kind of sucked. And then, like, after, like, the fans were, Ohio State people, it's just one more reason for that whole state to drop into the, the you know, the, the mantle <laughs> of the earth. Um, and, and see, and then we can make D.C. a state, and we're still at 50. We don't change the flag. So, um, yeah, True. just get rid of Ohio. But, yeah. If that's your platform, I'm cool with DC being a state. But, uh, um, but man, they were just crappy people. And uh, and after the game, like they're trying to pick fights with my dad and just being just so lewd and terrible. And um, so it made it real easy to dislike Ohio State real quick. Yeah. Um, my favorite place to go is probably it's a it's a toss up between Auburn and Alabama. Sure. That was going to be my um, guess. Yeah, Auburn's pregame and Alabama's pregame are both really really cool. Yeah. Um, Auburn folks are a lot more like Aggies, but like Bama folks are kind of cool because they don't expect to lose anyway, so they're nice. Yeah, they're, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, come on in, come on in. Yeah, we're gonna beat your ass. Come on in, have some fun. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that was uh, what was that the fifty-five to nothing game? No, oh. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember anything past thirty-five nothing. <laughs> I was getting yellow hammered. For an <laughs> had, uh, there, dude, there were there were a group of students that had made the road trip and they were up in the stands and we're down fifty-five to nothing and they're. They're yelling down to us, like, keep doing beat the hell yells and all this. So we're like, they were just getting absolute curb stomped and we're doing beat the hell yells. It was a blast. <laughs> but uh, Tuscaloosa is cool. Uh, I'd probably air towards Auburn, though, just as a whole. The whole town of Auburn's really cool. Um, the pregame at Auburn's very, very cool. The people are nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, I probably have to say Auburn. I've been, my, my bucket list it, is tough. Um, like, I kind of want to go to the big house, but. People that go to Michigan are a lot like Sips, so I don't know if I really want to go to the big house. Especially um, playing Ohio State. Oh, it's just stick a gun barrel <laughs> in my mouth. Um, but I, I will say it should be on the bucket list for everybody if you've never been, and it doesn't matter the location, you should go to an Army-Navy game. Hmm. Oh, yeah. The tailgates are phenomenal because it's all a bunch of like active duty and veterans, so there are alarming amounts of alcohol, and everybody <laughs> – but every like it's but it's a fun rivalry. Like there's nothing truly mean about any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the march in is awesome. The game is fun. It's you know it's a different kind of football, so it is what it is. But you know to have the core there and and uh, and all the squids there and just it's it's a ton of fun. Uh, and I'll go a little further and say if you ever get a chance to go to Mikey Stadium at West Point for a game, uh, same thing. The atmosphere you up in the mountains around the Hudson. Mikey Stadium is real fun. You've got the Lusk Reservoir with the cannons right across the reservoir. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, as long as it's not, you know, butt cold. <laughs> Which it probably is. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to a September game. Yeah, yeah it's like hit it early in the year. Well, yes, I, if, it's, if, it's, if it's already October 1st, just start thinking about next year. I love the post that was going around this year during that game, or this past year, where it was like, the only game where both sides are willing to die for your freedom, and all these Air Force people got in. It's like, are we a joke to you? And people are like, yes. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. What would y'all, would y'all rather have for A&M for their first game every year? Do a rotation out of like two or three of the other Texas schools that we used to play? Or the military academy, service academy, service, service academy, service yeah. academies would be really cool. I, you can do such a cool like pregame with that in halftime. And I and I gotta be honest, I I think um, you you make sure that it's not like a home and home type deal, mm-hmm. but I think you make sure that you're you know every couple of years uh, you're rotating to play there. That's yeah. good for them. It's it's good for their program too. Um, so I, here I've got I've got a good one for you. Um, so would you rather 
Would you rather go to uh, let's let's say the Red River Shootout was still in Austin? Ooh. Would you rather go to that game wearing burnt orange, or would you rather go to the Horseshoe and wear Buckeye red? Buckeye red because I've never been to the Horseshoe and it'd be a new experience. Yeah, it's, and- it's, it's it's one of those things where, like, if, if the Sips were playing Ohio State, you are legitimately rooting for the Asteroid. Right. <laughs> I struggle during Texas OU. I've been called a bad Texan for, for OU. I, I but... do not struggle. What That is the one day of the year for about three and a half hours that I can prove to you that I know every word of the song Boomer Sooner. <laughs> it's like they all know the words to the song Boomer Sooner, which is yeah. Boomer Sooner. Yeah. <laughs> sooner born, I'm sooner bred, and when I die, I'll be sooner dead. Well, when you play the song on every down on offense and defense, I mean, <laughs> they they do need to expand their playlist just a touch. Like the what was it the LSU band when we beat them and we were in the end but, zone like every oh, but god. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like think about this, like um, like when we used to play the Sips, every time they got a first down, every single time when oh, I play, every, yeah, don't and don't do it, I, you know, no, no. So, but think about how much that just drives you batty every time. Think about how much that must piss the Sips off when they do that. Yeah. So, oh. like, I'm kind of in favor of it. Like, that's part of the home field advantage or just really having a, even a traveling crowd. Part of it is to kind of piss everybody else off. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> that's the beauty of it. I will say this. I'm so thrilled that the Aggie band, I, I don't know how, because initially they were talking about sending the Aggie band. If they were going to go, they had to go in full to go march. And I'm so glad that they figured that out to kind of get oh, a sense prevailed. to go. Because mm-hmm. it makes such a difference on the road to have the band. Well, yeah. and, you, and they did it the right way. It's the white belt band. You know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the grand scheme of things, freshmen and sophomores need to be home studying. Because right. your home game weekends, you're already slammed when you're in the band. It's an mm-hmm. all-day event. It doesn't matter when kickoff is. Um, and trust me, I know, because they all used to complain and piss and moan to the yell leaders. Like, man, we've been here since blah, blah, blah. I just want to punch them all in the face. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I love the band. Like, I do. Thank I mean, my dad, was, my dad was a BQ. But, um, uh, but you know, and, and so then your reward is, you know, if you get to your junior year in the band, you, you know, you academically stay in the core. And, you know, just going through. And the band units are the, are the toughest units. They are. They're the best units in the core. Um, they, they really hold the highest standards. So if you make it to your junior year, your reward is to be a part of that white belt band. Mm-hmm. So it's almost also serves in an incentive. Like, dude, you're going to get to away games. You know what I keep waiting on, though, from the Aggie band that I've yet to see? It's probably out there, and I just haven't found it. I want someone to wear a GoPro when they do the four-way cross routine. Like, I want that there whole half to. There is There's, Okay, so there is one online. Uh, it is uh, during practice when they're on the practice field. Mm-hmm. But there is one online that you can find. And oh, like, was that from like 12 years ago when they were back yeah. on that? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, the old practice field. It'll make you dizzy, but. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're, you're never going to have anybody in the Aggie band with a GoPro on because, like, <laughs> they stuck it on McGinty for one game. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, and I thought it was hilarious because, you know, they gave it to us. And, of course, Crawford looks at the juniors. He's like, all right, guess who's wearing it? And I looked at Pat. <laughs> I looked at Pat and I said, I'm older than you, Pat. Enjoy the GoPro. Um, <laughs> But uh, but uh, the the leadership of the band would never allow that. Yeah. If one person was just completely out of uniform like that, mm-hmm. he, Colonel Colonel Ray would freak or Doctor Ray would. <laughs> but and rightfully so. Like I'm I'm fine with it. Don't get me wrong. But well, speaking speaking of music, that's actually a perfect segue into. I, I promised Rob we'd touch on Texas music a little bit. So last time I oh, saw thanks. Rob, which was like two weeks ago when we were in Belton, and mm-hmm. they had just kicked off the Texas Music Life poll on Twitter, and 
uh, Roy, I don't know if you saw this. I so it's they had a 140 almost said team artist and band bracket, and yeah. I, I was, voted in a lot of that. Awesome. Well, I was one of the like in the qualifier round where you know it's like the little Baptists and Catholic schools that want a chance to play Kansas or Kentucky. Oh yeah, weren't you in like a terrible was, play-in game yeah. seating or something <laughs> like that? Yeah. yeah, and I like I looked at who was in it, and I'm very good friends with two of the other three, and I was like, oh, this sucks. So uh, we were actually texting didn't each you other. Did you put up against like? George Strait or something Granger ridiculous. Smith. He, he got Garrett yeah. Smith and oh, he, he, Garrett yeah. got Granger Smith in the first round. Yeah, it was. I shouldn't have gotten past the qualifier. I was in there with Cross Rags and Young, and I'm like, okay, if if Grady Cross or Randy Ragsdale see this and they tweet it out, I'm done. Well, I don't think they ever had a clue that it was going on, so I ended up sneaking into the first Success. round. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm with Granger Smith. If people just go too quickly and they tap the wrong G Smith, I've got a shot at this thing. <laughs> I took a third of the vote. You know, I will take that butt kicking with honor. It was not bad. That's all right. We yeah. ended up getting like, stuck with Pat Green. Yeah. So that's all right. <laughs> hey, to be fair, that's if someone true. listens to Jordan Nix and listens to Pat Green and doesn't know the song, they might confuse which <laughs> one is singing. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> he hates that comparison, by the way, Roy. I know. You know some people say that he kind of sounds like him, and he's like, I don't think he does. telling me that. <laughs> I don't I think, think he does. I think it depends yeah, on the I've song. Seen, I've seen Pat live. I have all the Pat CDs. I don't think he sounds like Pat. Pat is a second cousin of my dad's, and I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I haven't even thought to reach out and get him on here yet. So y'all made it on here before Pat Green, so that y'all are in the honor zone here. Um, I saw I saw Pat Green when I was a recruiter in San Diego. Oh, wow. Yeah, he came to the House of Blues in San Diego, and we went to the show. And uh, it was a ton of fun, man. He was... He's having a good time, <laughs> and I'll just, I'll put it this way: like it's at one point during the show, everybody there figured out what color boxers he was wearing. <laughs> he, he was playing; he just dropped his jeans, and everybody's just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like That's like awesome. he wasn't missing a beat either. Like he was just like shifting chords on the guitar, and just the belt comes out, and he keeps playing and singing. And we're just like, I don't. I'm not really. This doesn't even apply to the song he's singing. What the hell's going on around here? <laughs> hey, if that's what rockets you to success, I'll have to keep that in mind for when the bars well, yeah, eventually they, open and I can play again. <laughs> well, this is when, like, I guess that would have been like when Wave on Wave had just come out. Oh, maybe. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool, though. Like, it was in the San Diego House of Blues, but they brought in Lone Star and they brought in Shiner, and nice. it was a really good time. I, we hung out afterwards, and, uh, yeah, I talked to the band. I mean, I'd never met any of those guys. I'm not. I'm not in the Texas music industry. It's it's a rough field. Don't jump in. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm also not on the verge of it, so you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, I don't know. They might be trying to thin us out here over the next few weeks, but I won't go down I mean, that rabbit hole either. I mean, that's it's, honestly, that's ugh. what it feels like. It does. <laughs> I was I was uh, I was lucky enough to get two shows squeezed in there between the first and second lockdown, and they went okay, but. God. Our first two shows were supposed to be this weekend. No. I know. <laughs> we well, were I'm, ready to go. I put together and, two and, side bands, too. I had one with some guys from Corpus and Houston and another one with Jared Johnson and AJ Gell. We were like, hey, let's just super group this thing so that, uh, you know, there's everyone's trying to get gigs. Let's condense. Because if more artists condense, right. like, okay, I'm not going to, and this may trigger some people out there, I'm not paying 15 bucks to go see Parker McCollum or Co. Wetzler or any of those guys or whatever. Like, if they were all in one band together, though, instead of getting all the gigs, they were just one band getting one gig at a time. 
I would probably go see it just to see what the show was like. You know, it's. And or I'm not saying like I you, wouldn't go to a show or, necessarily. I or, just I'm not wanting to. Or if they play Bill together, man, you pay twenty five bucks to see all three of them. Yeah. Individually, mm-hmm. like if they ran three, you know, three sets. I absolutely. No, it's man. We Rob, you and I have talked about this. Some of the great like rock bands that were just these conglomeration of superstars that put together these bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I and. And I'll say this, and I'm obviously not as deep into the music industry as you guys are. And Chris Stapleton is one of the most phenomenally unique and awesome talents I have ever seen. Or I love his voice because um, he's actually country. Yeah, well, yeah, he's almost <laughs> more bluegrass than he is country, um, like old school Kentucky bluegrass. But uh, and I might get crucified for this. I like the Steel Drivers better than I like him by himself. <laughs> Makes sense. That's fair. I re- I love the Steel Drivers and like and he's phenomenal. Uh, look, he's the kind of guy that he, he can do the George Strait. He could just stand on a stage with a microphone, a guitar, and a spotlight and kill it. I mean, I love the Steel Drivers. I wish he would still just dabble enough to put out albums with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't like when an artist completely like leaves a project behind. Like I think you can still maintain. I mean, look at me. I, like, both. I started these side bands so that I could play bass guitar. I like doing that more than I like singing. But I was like, okay, hey, I can still do knows. my songs. Yeah, like I can <laughs> sing. At, like f- there are about five of my songs I can sing while playing bass guitar. The rest of them, the rhythm gets screwed up. But I was like, okay, if we super group, I can play bass on y'all's songs. I can do a few of mine. We promote each other, build each other's fan bases. So we may still do that online. And I, I'm hoping so. We'll send you the link. We may do like what Post Malone did when he played the Nirvana show. <laughs> Wearing, right. a, wearing a dress with like Travis Barker and whoever else, but it was, <laughs> it was a trip. <laughs> well, and like you said, like there's just no reason to leave it behind because yeah. if Stapleton had hauled off and like gone to sing gospel, I get it, but he's literally in the exact same genre mm-hmm. singing incredibly similar sounding music. Yeah. Like, so it, it's not like you even have to flip a switch to go back. Right. Yeah, um, we may have to record this and send it to Cody Canada because I'm getting some strong vibes on my opinion there as well. But uh, totally different. Oh yeah, totally different Ever history. Since he departed. He no, departed. Uh, no oh. <laughs> well, I was actually going to go see Crossrags uh, and Young do, do the, before do that, all this. Do that one more time, and I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to have like another sound bite for, just for that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There was actually an Aggie music uh, Twitter beef the other day. I noticed. Uh, oh, I must have missed that. What happened? The association had a A&M graduation oh, that party. Was, that was the Jamie Lynn Young thing, right? <laughs> Jamie Lynn Wilson, yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Oh, so, so sorry. It had all these Aggie sorry. grads lined up. And uh, so they had like Rich O'Toole, Roger Crager, probably like Robert O'Keefe. Sure I don't know Green who else. was in there. The, the usual, yeah. Then Bree Bagwell was on there. And she went to Texas. Oh, yeah. And so Jamie Lynn Wilson, who went to A&M, sees it and kind of like low-key, not low-key, snarky tweeted it. And the next day, she was invited into the lineup. So it was kind of a, I don't know. the. Well, we'll let that be a lesson to you. The way you change the world is by snarky tweeting. Snarky tweeting. That's what we're going to do to make change. (laughs) Yep. I've I've only met Jamie I've only met Jamie once she was actually really sweet so if she hears this I'm not dogging on her I'm just I I laughed at the whole thing but um, I got the the laughs on me whenever the association tweeted a bunch of Aggie artists and I was in there and they were like hey do the muster video I was like oh cool I better do it because I was super busy but I was like if I'm included in this I'm not gonna just like not do this muster video with all these other guys I was the only one on the Twitter list (laughs) That was in the video, and I looked so awkward when he filmed it, but whatever. 
It happens. Well, I uh, one thing I do on these podcasts is I kind of have like a big three finale questions, and they're usually more musician-based, but I I have the music ones for Rob, and I have a couple for Roy that I'm curious on. And oh uh, I was going to say, I can try and chime in on the yeah, music stuff. You, you might be. Actually, you know what? These would probably apply to both of y'all. Uh, the maybe this will nip is the big six. There we go, the big six. If you could collaborate with anyone musically, who would it be? Oof. Collaborate with anybody. Now, is this strictly within the bounds of Texas, or is this anywhere, anytime? Anyone, anywhere. anyone with a pulse, currently. Anybody with a pulse, currently. Okay, sorry. Oh, well, they've um, ruled out a lot of musicians, <laughs> you jerk. Ooh, oh, man. Oh, man, if I had to... Okay, I'll give you one. One of my favorite bands of all time is a band called Red. Absolutely love Red. And if I could play with those guys... I mean, granted, you know, two, the two brothers, one of which plays bass, they've been there since the beginning. But that would be a band that musically, stylistically, absolutely love. I would happily go play with those guys. Absolutely fantastic. Um, within the bounds of Texas... I would say of the folks that I've interacted with and various different bands and seeing how their camps work, I would say, honestly, um, one of my favorite groups of people, William Clark Green. Oh, that's a William Clark Green's group. I mean, they're real good. He, he's a great songwriter, great singer. I mean, if, if I could get on a train because that's a train that's going, mm-hmm. that'd be, that would be a great opportunity. <laughs> It's not going to happen, but I would love to play with him. I've heard he's a fun guy, too, because on episode five, I had Jonathan Sines from Flatland, and he was talking about the prank war they had on each other's buses, and they loaded up William Clark Green's bus with, like, 300 ice bottles, and, I mean, they said they were in their showers, their cases, just everything, and took it well. Yeah. um, If you could headline any venue. Headline any venue. Um, Well... I think one of the big ones you obviously want to get anywhere down here, if if I could do it with Jordan and crew, I mean, I would absolutely love to play a Green Hall at some point. I think in like headline a Green Hall, mm-hmm. like and we had the following to do it. Yeah, you know, obviously that's 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 a given. But you know, if if I could play Green Hall, I think that would kind of round out my Texas aspirations to an extent. Would you Would you rather headline at Green Hall or be third to last at the Willie Nelson family picnic? Uh, probably have a green hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like I like Willie Nelson, and and, and that's good exposure. But if I, I got to I've hang out had, with Willie, I've always cool. had affinity for. Well, green yeah, hall. no, everything comes with that. You get to hang out with Willie. You get to hang out with the other massive stars he brings on. Yeah. If we hang out with Willie, certain things are happening that I won't talk about <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but <laughs> no, actually, that that would be really cool if we could, though. Yeah. For sure. Heck, I, I like. I'd play Green uh, dude, Hall I, without I, the following. I'd play for three dude, people. <laughs> dude, I, I don't smoke, but if I hung out with Willie, I would go like one for one. Like for every joint he smoked, like I would drink a beer, and I still think he'd outlast me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Willie that Nelson is the case for medical marijuana. Like you don't even have to do a study; he's right there. <laughs> Willie Nelson is pretty much made of marijuana at this point. <laughs> It's true. Okay, we'll be saying the same thing about Snoop Dogg when he's 136. Dude, when you when when you make Snoop cough and Snoop can't deal with what you're smoking, like you are straight up getting your weed from aliens. 
<laughs> you, you know, I, I've told people before that if I had to uh, highlight a venue or headline, I've always said Chili Fest would be awesome, but I'm thinking about, you know, I would love to be a band that's big enough to play after Midnight Yell. Now, granted, everyone's clearing out to go to Northgate, but I would, I mean, that'd be a pretty cool spot Maybe just like, to do like four what songs. What about First Yell? What about yeah, First, first Yell? Be cool. It'd be awesome there too, yeah. It'd be legit. And then the, the the big one I always ask people, this one applies to what both of y'all, actually, I, before I ask the big question, I got to ask Roy, if if other universities had yell leaders and you had to go do a couple of years as a yell leader at another university, where would you go? Wow. Um, I think it probably goes back to what I was talking about, the best places. It'd probably be a place like Auburn. Auburn. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Florida. I bet you it'd be fun at Florida in the swamp. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I got hosed on all my SEC East rotation games. So, so you, you went to uh, South Carolina, Missouri twice. Oh, that didn't Ooh. even count. <laughs> yeah, South Carolina to open the SEC network. Oh. Uh, where the hell did we go, Vandy? Oh, well, well, let's see that. Well, I don't even know. Yeah, dude. I'd say we went to Vandy that next year. I think the, the East is so doo doo. I can't even. <laughs> I didn't no. get to go to the swamp. I didn't get to go between the hedges. I didn't get to go to Nayland, so I don't really care. Oh, now I did a walking tour of the swamp one summer. Felt like a swamp. It was it was awesome. Like I looked, I was like, I'd love to come here when it's full. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you another cool place to go if you're not uh, like if you're not playing there, but a place that's really cool to go to a game. It's Clemson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I bet. Ooh, you know what? Another one I want to go to is Virginia Tech. I've not been doing a night. VT? I need yeah. to go to a night game. Night game at VT. At Virginia Tech. Honestly, Virginia Tech and ECU are my two expansion choices if I were the ruler of the world for the SEC. And people I, are like, East yeah. Carolina sucks. I'm like, well, the East sucks. That's where they'd be. And their fans are about as Southern and tradition-based and crazy as it gets. So. Well, right. they're great baseball fan base, too. True. And in Virginia Tech's a great ad because all of a sudden you've created – a kind of fun potential cross division rival with Virginia mm-hmm. Tech and A and M. Yep. You know, both core cadets, both We'd have to give up that tradition. bottom trophy. <laughs> I mean, well and you talk about they can have we, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm like, I mean, this is just kind of throwing it out there, but you know, something maybe called the core classic, you know, just mm-hmm. like it's you know, because they both have core cadets. Well, the, the grand finale question, Rob, this is kind of aimed at your music career, but Roy, this could go towards well, I would say military career, but I, I guarantee you cannot answer this one if I say military. Yell leader, clear career, whatever, but craziest or funniest experience you can tell us. Oh, craziest or funniest experience. Well, you better go first, Rob, because I got about <laughs> I got about 30,000 more trips around the sun than you do, so let oh, me think yeah, about no, this. You're good. Oh, man. Uh, from a musician standpoint. Oh, God. Um Probably when I passed a kidney stone before we went and played in Corpus. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, I kid you not. We were getting ready to play. It was like a small, you know, like a small party for an anniversary in Corpus Christi. Uh, we're at the hotel beforehand. Uh, we went and ate dinner. And I was trying to, you know, do my business. And for whatever reason, everything was just painful. It sucked. I was like, God, this is awful. We get to the venue. I'm setting up and I'm just like, keeled over and i'm thinking like what the heck's going on here and it just eventually i remembered that i passed one when i was in eighth grade so not not good but i had this and i remember the pain and i thought to myself okay i need to get over to this um you know there's an urgent care thing like right down the road let's go there really quick 
so Jordan, Robert, and uh, Dane, our, our drummer, we actually, uh, they those three played the first set together. And I went over to the uh, urgent care, went in, um, went because they said, you know, the urine sample, right? And I, at that point, when I went to do the urine sample, I guess I passed it then. <laughs> because all of a sudden I had, flow whatever yeah we're getting off topic but still it was so funny it came back around and he looked they looked at me and said well um judging from what we could see we don't see anything there we can tell there's blood but you, everything else looks good we think you passed a small one and then i turned around and went and played the show wow because wow. i'm dedicated <laughs> i'm just glad you didn't pass it during the show <laughs> no it was it, no it was awful it sucked but you know what it, it's a fun story and you know, Jordan makes it a point whenever we go places. He said, I want people that are as dedicated as my bass player to come back and play after he passes a kidney stone. <laughs> so yeah, that was probably the worst, exp- I mean, probably one of the wildest things that's happened to me before a show. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's hard to top. <laughs> it was. It sucked, but that's all right. Awesome. Roy looks Hi, Roy. deep in thought. Man, I'm just sitting here trying to think. <laughs> I'll give you an, I'll give you an easy one right before that. What should people order from Good Bowl Barbecue? I don't know. The doors are closed. Um, <laughs> when, when it's when it's uh... <laughs> uh, tacos, man. Tacos. Barbecue barbecue tacos. tacos, dude. If you don't eat the Pig Mac, you're not eating right. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm just trying to sift through all these things and try to figure out what won't get, like what statue of limitations have run out. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, it's, some of the craziest stories are just some of the simplest ones. You know, it's when we got together, we, uh, so we got back from deployment and, uh, and, you know, the whole unit, the whole unit doesn't come back all at once. So it kind of staggers back. And then, uh, the whole unit came back and, uh, we had, um, thing we decided to not do block leave before Thanksgiving. So that way we wouldn't have to be back for Christmas. So we got Thanksgiving, but then we had to come back for a couple of weeks before you get, you always get 30 days of block leave after leave. And we had, uh, and our platoon was real tight, man. It's just kind of how that happens. And we set up uh, a party over at our house. Uh, we were living in Hope Mills, which is like 20 minutes from the gates. And uh, and we set up a party, and uh, and we set up like a thanks, like a pre-Thanksgiving Thanksgiving for our unit. And it was almost like a potluck Thanksgiving. It was really awesome. And uh, and the lieutenant shows up, and lieutenant, we put in charge of beer. We're like, just go get a keg or two. And it was like 25 of us, and you're talking, you might need two kegs. Um, you get the AA for, you know, 82nd, All-American, 82nd Airborne? No, 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 no. Mm, the other AA is what it stands for. But, um, mm-hmm. but he shows up, and I remember he showed up with, like, Amber Brown or Amber Bach, and we're just like, you're a terrible human. Um, but it ended up, so we had a deep fried turkey. We had an oven turkey. I remember... Uh, well, we partied the night before, and then we did Thanksgiving, you know, the next day. I came down, and a buddy of mine, uh, we had a bonus room, all kinds of rooms, so everybody's kind of crashed at the house. I come down, and he uh, he lived in the barracks, but uh, he was an older dude, but he had, uh, he had volunteered to do the green, uh, green bean casserole. And I come down, and he's in the kitchen, and he's like, he's, he's stirring it, and he looks like he wants to die. Like, we, I mean, we stayed up till like 6.30 in the morning drinking. Um, it was, this is like nine 30. I come down he's back at it, making green bean casserole. It's just the most miserable human ever. But, um, 
that probably wasn't the craziest experience, but it was like one of the most memorable things. We actually all sat down and had Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, we watched football. It was almost like a family, but they were like, you know, 35 of us, 40 by the time it came to, it came to eating. And, uh, yeah, the crazy stories, y- y'all don't probably really get to hear those. That's all right. <laughs> it's, pro- it's all right. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I will say one time as a yell leader, I definitely, um, barely made the return flight the next morning. Oh, yeah, I found some bars that were open kind of late, <laughs> like all the way late. And then we used to fly out at like six fifteen and six thirty in the morning, so we were leaving Ooh. the hotel at four four thirty. Jeez. Yeah, and I, I rolled up, um, I rolled up to the hotel in a cab, and the dudes had already packed up my stuff and like had the bags downstairs. I rolled up, and and Gerald, our advisor, looked at me. He's like, "What, what the hell?" And I was like. <laughs> I'm good. We we can leave now. Uh, <laughs> and like I straight up got out of one cab and into a rental car and went to the airport. Oh, and uh, thankfully we, like, we always had uh, you know like uniform kind of what we wore like blazers and stuff that we wore you know when we went to games. But coming home we didn't care, which is good because I look like trash, smell like a brewery. Uh, are are we allowed to know where you almost got stranded? <laughs> No. Oh, okay. What does it rhyme with? Yeah. <laughs> Rhymes with none of your business. All right. We can move with that. All right. So we'll just assume it rhymed with Rattan Bouge and uh, no. Hey, awesome. We had a real good time when we stayed in LSU, though, because we were right across from the Harris. Ooh. Yeah. And, and, you know, the wife came. And so uh, the other guys kind of buddied up in another room. They let, they let me use, you know, have our own room. And so. Um, so yeah, that was nice of them. So we didn't have to like buy another hotel room, um, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We, man, midnight yell on like on a balcony on Bourbon Street. Oh, nothing. There's just yeah. nothing like it. That's amazing. It was. That's awesome. Well, y'all, my timer says that if I run out and keep trying to book meetings, Zoom is going to make me subscribe for fourteen ninety nine a month or whatever. So sounds like a hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. Oh, nope. thank. Shout out to Zoom for sponsoring tonight's episode, whether they know yeah. it or not. Um, <laughs> y'all check out the Jordan Knicks band. Check out uh, Good Bull Barbecue. Check out the Red Ass Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, all the good stuff. Um, check out the store. The link for our store is on our podcast tweets. Yep. There you and go. The top. Come check it out. Well, yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again whenever all this stuff rolls up and whether it's at Kyle Field or Olsen, it'll be sometime in the hopefully near future. So y'all, y'all keep staying safe and uh, I'm Appreciate y'all doing this. This is a blast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks again, brother. All right, gig him. <laughs>